Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1721 today. Thank you so much for joining me for it. Thank you for subscribing to the show wherever you like to catch it. Thank you also to the patrons who help make this possible every single day, and you could be one of them too by joining me and the rest of the gang at patreon.com slash SW7X7. So today we're going to wrap up talking about Star Wars Resistance with a couple of side notes about Season 1 and something that just kind of blows my mind that the folks at Lucasfilm managed to pull off on a regular basis. I would say it's not necessarily a common thing, but it happens often enough where if you really think about it, you just start scratching your head and going, this is really insane and amazing. And, you know, I'll talk about that one right now. So so if you look back at the Poe Dameron comic book series, the arc for The Awakening, which takes place after the events of The Last Jedi, there's a moment in that first issue of the arc, it's Poe Dameron 26, and it came out in April of 2018, where to bide their time while they're you know, flying through hyperspace after leaving Crate, They are sharing the stories of what happened to them since they had last parted ways in The Force Awakens. And also, you know, going back to, for example, when Poe and Finn were separated when they crashed on Jakku. So... Poe tells the story of how he was, you know, going to Jakku in the first place and what he was actually there for. And there's a side note where he says before he went to Jakku, he had to make a side trip to pick up BB-8, but that he made it to Jakku all right. And so that side trip turns out to be the episode called The Core Problem in Star Wars Resistance. And that episode debuted in February of 2019, so 10 months after the mention in the comic book. And yet, and yet, the development time for a comic book, you know, I honestly don't know the answer to that, but I imagine the lead time on comic books is not nearly as long as it is on animated TV series. And so I have a feeling that in the background, the folks working on Star Wars comics and the folks working on Star Wars animation were kind of lined up in that regard and were able to make that connection where they could cross-pollinate the two particular stories. And yet, we wouldn't necessarily realize that cross-pollination until 10 months after the initial incident. And it's stuff like that about Star Wars that I just absolutely love and treasure and that also absolutely drives me crazy because I can't even begin to imagine how many moments like that one are happening right in front of our eyes and we are all just missing them. You know, I'm I'm brought back to a comment that Pablo Hidalgo made when he was on a panel discussion at Celebration Orlando and he talked about how he slipped in a mention of the planet crate into the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide and it was actually while we were at Celebration Orlando that the name of the planet crate was revealed by anyone. And so, you know, he is sitting there going, yeah, you know, everybody's talking about a crate, blah, blah, blah. But it was actually in a book four months ago and mentioned. And of course, that means that he knew about it in advance and had been writing about it prior to the release of the DK book. But, you know, that like, you know, he had access to the script of the movie, obviously, or somebody said, hey, there's a planet that's an old, you know, rebellion storehouse called Crate. Can you work it in? And it, it's probably a similar process to how they managed to do 
the crossover between the Poe Dameron comic series and Star Wars Resistance. But just stuff like that amazes me. And yet, just how much of this stuff are we missing that would be super cool, you know? Um, Jason Fry went on a, a tweet stream a few months ago, maybe as much as a year ago, talking about some very deep cut that he did that involved, I think, even translations of Hutti's language and stuff like that. And a year went by and nobody caught it. And so he decided that he was going to share the story of of <laughs> the level of Easter egg ridiculousness that he had gone to in creating this one particular uh, entry. And uh, yeah, it's just... <sighs> man, um, that compilation of little bits and pieces like that, I think would probably be sort of the holy grail of Star Wars Easter egg collecting. And you know that they're already at work on season two of Resistance. So yeah, they have a, you know, a good sense of what's going to be happening and have probably connected to other Star Wars media that's actually being developed and released right now. So yeah, there's still more to come, obviously. <laughs> and as far as that goes, that does open up the question of how season two is going to begin and whether the Colossus is going to arrive before, during, or after the events of the beginning of The Last Jedi, whether Dakar will have been destroyed by the time they get there or whether they're going to arrive in time to help refuel the fleet and get them out of there, or if they're going to arrive beforehand and be told scatter because trouble's coming. Personally, I would bet on the first option, that they're going to arrive and they're going to find a car smoking ruins. The alternatives don't seem to make sense to me. I mean, them showing up before the First Order shows up and saying, hey, great, you know, give us a hand, but then they're not really accounted for in the evacuation that happens during The Last Jedi, that, you know, doesn't seem to make sense to me. And then... The you know ops, <laughs> prospect prospect blah wow let's try that again the prospect of them actually you know being there or arriving during the bombardment and going ah ha, ha, let's get out of here well that seems unlikely at best or you know possibly since we know that the coordinates are not exact and so they might arrive nearby the car. Maybe they're going to drop in system and be able to see some of the bombardment happening from a distance via sensors, but not actually be a participant in the battle. And, you know, the resistance not necessarily being able to pick up their signal because they've got their hands full with three Star Destroyers and a Dreadnought showing up. You know, maybe that's a potential scenario. But it seems like, from an animation standpoint, the simplest answer is for them to show up and Dakar to be a smoking ruins and for them to go... Um, okay, now what? And if the First Order happens to realize that they've jumped into the Ilenium system or anywhere near Dakar, they're going to have to jump back out fast, and will the First Order be able to track them, considering they were able to track the Radis and its ragtag fleet? And, you know, if that's not the big problem, then the big problem is going to be, well, now the Colossus is on its own. How are they possibly going to track down what's left of the Resistance? And so I think that bodes very ill for the fate of the folks on the Colossus for Season 2 of Resistance. And speaking of things not boding well, there are a couple of characters, I think, that are not long for resistance either, and I'll talk about those two in a moment. But first, let me just remind you, please, to subscribe to the show if you're not already. And hey, 
You know, I've already talked about Patreon stuff for a while, so let me do something a little bit different. If you wouldn't mind dropping me a rating or review on the app where you like to catch this show, then I would greatly appreciate that as well. And please do consider sharing it with your Star Wars friends. And yeah, we'll leave it at that for today. As far as uh, people whose prospects for appearing on Star Wars Resistance, again, are not very good, um, one very obvious one, or at least I think it's very obvious, is Captain Phasma, who appears to have officially met her death in The Last Jedi. There's been no announcement of Gwendolyn Christie being part of the cast of Episode Nine. It certainly doesn't mean that there can't be any surprises, but if it is the case that she is a goner, then, you know, there's no circumstance under which she could possibly appear in Star Wars Resistance for Season 2 because she will have been gone by the time they arrive either at Dakar or wherever in the galaxy they get dropped into. So that's that. And the other is a bit of a bummer, and we'd been holding out hope for the possibility, or I'd been holding out hope for the possibility that he would show up, and that is Kylo Ren as voiced potentially by Adam Driver, who has done animation work before, who has done um, voiceover stuff, but he did not appear in the first season of Star Wars Resistance. He was referred to very ominously in that episode, The Children from Tehar, but unfortunately, no Kylo. I think it would be a nice bit of stunt casting to bring him in for an episode or two in season two of Resistance, but yeah, it's it's kind of difficult to see happening, unfortunately. But I don't know. Let me know if you think differently, if you think that they will manage to get Adam Driver to appear in Season 2 of Resistance. Drop me a line wherever you'd like to catch these episodes of Star Wars 7x7 or at home base for the show. That's SW7x7.com. And that is going to do it for today's broadcast here. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.